Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Business Leadership Today podcast. I'm your host, Matt Tenney. As an active CEO, my goal is to build and sustain world-class organizations that make a positive impact on the lives of employees and on the global community. Although I've spent nearly a decade doing leadership consulting, I know I still have a lot to learn. And I have a lot of questions regarding how we can continuously get better and achieve our goals. Through this podcast, we reach out to top thought leaders and business leaders to get answers to those questions, and we give you the opportunity to listen to their answers too. This episode is about eliminating toxicity and building authentic relationships in the workplace. For anyone who is struggling to retain good employees, this is an extremely important topic. Research recently published at MIT Sloan Management Review, which analyzed 34 million employee profiles to determine why people quit their jobs, found that a toxic workplace culture was by far the strongest predictor of industry-adjusted attrition and 10 times more important for predicting turnover than pay. My guest today is Lisa Baker. Lisa has over two decades of extraordinary success in a series of leadership roles at Fortune 500 companies that include Synchrony, Microsoft, Citigroup, and Bank One. At Synchrony, a company with over 16,000 employees, she was a senior vice president and general manager in charge of growing the $2.5 billion eBay credit portfolio. At age 54, Lisa retired to pursue her dream of helping others to reach their peak and founded Ascentum LLC, a coaching practice that guides its clients to live more meaningful and abundant lives. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me here today on Business Leadership Today. Hi, Matt. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Great. I think we're going to have some fun. In a I'm moment, looking forward to it. <laughs> in a moment, Lisa, I'm going to ask you to share the five big ideas with our audience that you have for eliminating toxicity and creating authentic relationships. Um, before we do that, though, I know that you actually had to live through a toxic environment for a while in the workplace. And I thought it might be good to hear that background to kind of give us some context for your your big ideas. Can you can you maybe lead us off by sharing that uh, story? Sure, I'd be honored to. So this is it's really an interesting story now as I think back on it. It was in 2010. So imagine at that time, I am, you know, a marketing, a senior marketing manager. I had been with my company at that time, six years. And just the year prior to that had been promoted. Everything was going great. I was doing well in the organization. And then a new senior leader came into the business. Whenever a new leader comes into an organization, there are mixed emotions as you wait to see who that leader is, how they're going to run the business, what will change. Well, in my very first meeting with that leader, he said to me these words, Lisa, I didn't ask the team, but I'm sure if I had asked them, who's the person that provided the least value, they would have said you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Imagine my shock. I yeah. have never had an experience like that. Um, and this was my first meeting with him. So how he came to that conclusion, I don't know. But I was not one to be deterred. I was determined to prove him wrong, to demonstrate my value, and really that I wasn't the biggest loser on his team, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And after months of trying, it frankly did not work. My second meeting with him, in my opinion, was worse than the first because mm. I ended up in tears in that meeting. Mm. 
And it really was a very difficult environment to be in, but I learned some valuable lessons about how to overcome and prevent those kinds of environments in the first place. Mm. Fantastic. Well, that that leads us right into some of these uh, ideas that you're going to share, which are based on probably some, I'm sorry to hear, some, some uh, significant pain I imagine you experienced for a while there. Yeah. So if you could uh, maybe just share the each of the big ideas with maybe a quick sentence summary. And then what I always like to do is pick two or three of these that we'll go a little bit deeper on. Yeah. So the big ideas, Matt, we can um, call them the five C's. Oh, nice. The first is easy to clarify. Remember. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's easy to remember. So that first C is to clarify. And that's all about clarifying the cultural norms and expectations so that everyone is clear about what is and is not acceptable. Mm. The second one is to connect. Building meaningful relationships is essential to having a team that works and feels tied into the organization. Mm. The third C is communicate, 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 having an open door and an environment where people feel comfortable sharing their ideas and concerns is paramount. The fourth C is really to confront. You cannot conquer what you're unwilling to confront. So when you find that someone or something is not a fit for the culture you're creating, you have to confront that situation. And last but not least, it is to choose. You have to make a choice sometimes about whether to stay or go and what actions you want to take when your communication, connection, clarity, and confrontation did not work. Mm. All right. So, um, but why don't we start off with clarify? Because I know, um, I don't remember the exact numbers, uh, but I, I remember reading some Gallup research in the recent months how few people feel like they have clarity of what's expected of them in the workplace. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about this importance, the importance of clarity and, and how to do it? Yeah, so most conflict in any environment comes from unrealized or unmet expectations. Mm. And that's why it's so important to make it really clear what is expected and what's acceptable in the environment. And you can't just put it, you know, in a policy document or even have it on a plaque on the wall somewhere. It requires constant reiteration as to what the values of the organization are, what the culture is you're creating. But most importantly, the leaders in the company have to model the culture that they want to be clear. Mm. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's, can't just, that's called walking the talk. Yeah, you mean you can't? We can't just put values up on the wall and then not live them and expect team members to do that. <laughs> wow! No, you can't, and it <laughs> has to permeate throughout everything that happens in the organization, from how you communicate to ensuring that your HR policies align with that. That all of the policies and practices of the organization mirror what you've said are the standards. Mm. So, where do you recommend as kind of a starting point? Um, in terms of what needs to be clarified, in terms of maybe prioritization, because I would imagine there's many organizations. If uh, you know my my limited experience is any indication of the norm, you know there's there's ambiguity at all levels, right? There's ambiguity about what is the strategy. There's ambiguity about 
Um, what are the policies, you know, that guide behaviors in specific departments? There's ambiguity about what do the core values actually mean? Right. <laughs> you know, so so what so what do you recommend here? Where's where should we start? Yeah, I I frankly would start with within a team with what you expect as a leader, mm -hmm. right? Because having a positive environment, one that is non-toxic starts with the head, right? And so I think making clear to your team members sort of who you are, what you value, what your expectations are of them is the very first place to start. And that should align with the company's values. And the way you ensure that that is clear, you again, you can't do it just once. You have to reiterate at every opportunity. So that could be in team meetings, always coming back to the standards and the norms. That's in your one-on-one -on -one conversations or coaching sessions with the employee, reiterating what the standard and the expectations are. When someone goes a little bit off course, it's bringing them back to the acceptable behaviors and what those values are. It's in marketing materials and communications internally and externally, having a number of touch points that reiterate the same messages will start to create the culture you desire. Mm. All right. So it, it sounds like, you know, if we're if we're doing this well, um, we're gonna build an environment where people can connect. So let's let's explore this a little bit more, this second big idea of of connect, building meaningful relationships. Um yeah, can you can you tell me just you know, I, I think a lot of people, particularly in kind of the the type A uh ilk you know we just think like what do relationships have to do anything you know like with anything let's just get the job done um so maybe first just why is this why is it important why is it important that there's meaningful relationships that team members have with each other and with their supervisors yeah relationships are everything because everything that gets done comes through people. And so you have to get really good at relationships if you want to be successful really in any area. And one of the things that I like to clarify, Matt, is the difference between just networking and what is truly connecting, because that's one of the lessons I learned from being in the difficult situation that I described before. What I, I thought I knew a lot of people, and I did, quite mm. frankly, I had a broad network but connecting is less about breadth and more about depth. It's about going deeper and really getting to know people and more importantly, allowing them to get to know you on a deeper, more personal level. Because when people feel connected to each other, it makes for a better environment. I'm more likely to be collaborative um, and be helpful when I know where a person is coming from. I also am more willing to share with you if I see something that maybe doesn't quite fit the culture or the norm, if I know you well enough and we've built that kind of relationship. And so it's really key. And so what I discovered in my attempt to sort of prove my value and worth and, and then ultimately even finding trying to find another job within the organization, what I realized is I had this breadth of people that I knew, but not very many that I were, was truly connected to so that they felt compelled to act on my behalf or help really help me in that situation. Mm -hmm. I found myself being on my own because I didn't really know people at a deeper, more important and meaningful level. Mm. So what can a, what do you recommend a supervisor do to help team members connect with each other and, and also deepen the connection with the direct, with direct reports? 
Yeah. So I think one of the things that goes a long way is when, well, especially in today's environment, people are not so much in the office all the time like we used to be. I think taking the time in team meetings to allow space for people to share and not just going right to the business of the meeting, mm. but giving you know space and opportunity for people to have conversation about what's happening in their lives, updates, um, keeping uh, and making note of, let's say, key milestones in someone's life. If they're having a birthday or an anniversary or something meaningful coming up, celebrating those things, not just the professional things, but the personal things in life that allows people to feel like you care more about them beyond just the work. Mm. I love it. All right. Now this is going to maybe sound initially kind of, uh, I guess, going in the opposite direction here of connection, right? But confrontation. Um, yeah, and you know, so it's confronting things quickly when they're not going well. Tell us maybe just a little bit more about why this is so important, and then what are some things we can do to to do this better? Yeah, it's it's very important because if you allow things to go unconfronted or unaddressed, they can become worse. Very few things get better by doing nothing, <laughs> if any. In fact, I can't think of one that gets better by doing nothing. And so the, the word confront or confrontation often has a negative connotation to it. I don't see it as negative at all. I think one of the kindest and most responsible things that you can do is to care enough about a person that you will bring to their attention something that is potentially harmful for them. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And so in my case, um, you know, this new manager came in, as I gave the example, and he said to me, basically, you're the person who's provided the least value on the team. That was a complete shock to me because my previous performance reviews never said anything about me having poor performance. I had been promoted a year before that, but something clearly was going on, some talk maybe behind the scenes that never made its way to me. Mm -hmm. So I was going along thinking that I was fine. Clearly I was not. That was not helpful. If someone had confronted me sooner or brought to my attention something that was maybe off, I could have corrected that potentially. Right. Assuming that there was. Assuming you're, 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 that there was. You're being very diplomatic. I'm not. <laughs> I think for someone to just jump in and assume that you are the poorest performer might be a little misguided. But let's just assume that there was something going on. What you're saying is no one was really taking action to let you know that something was going on, which is not really fair to you. And it's wouldn't That's be right. fair to any of our team members. Right. If we're. So if there's something we're concerned about, you're saying we just need to bring it up as soon as possible, right? Bring it up as soon as possible. And the key is to do that in a way that is productive. And what makes it productive is focusing on the behavior that has been observed and how that differs from what is the acceptable or expected norm. So comparing the behavior to the standard and giving very specific guidance on how to bring those more in line with each other so that you keep the person intact because it really is not about the person it's you know it's very different to say lisa you're the person who adds the least value on my team that's one thing another thing would be to say lisa our expectation is that you produce this level of work your work has been below that and here's what it would take to bring you up to standard mm. 
That sounds like a significantly easier message to palate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's something about, you know, as soon as, as soon as it be, we use you words, you know, we start, there's just this ego conflict that starts arising. Right. So it sounds like you're suggesting to keep things extremely objective. Yes, absolutely. It's objective. It's based on what's the standard, what is acceptable, what's been the communicated guideline, and where's the gap. Mm, maybe and then providing tangible, actionable feedback on that. Mm. It kind of comes back to the first point about clarity, right? If clarifying what is the expectation, if that's not clear in the first place, then how do you expect somebody to meet it? <laughs> that's That's exactly right. Now, how do you see um, these three that we went into? Maybe let's just start with confronting. You know, again, you, I think there is a negative or connotation um, that comes up with confronting. But I think your position is that this actually helps strengthen authentic, meaningful relationships and helps, helps people to be more authentic. Can you maybe tell me a little more about that? Yeah, it really does. Because if you think about it this way, let's say there is something going on and Matt, for some reason, you're not meeting the standard or your behavior falls way outside of the norm. And I, as the leader, allow that to continue. Well, that doesn't serve you well because you're not aware, let's assume, of the behavior and how it's negatively impacting the team. It makes the other team members who are noticing that and having to deal with it, they're put off by it as well, because here likely they have to meet a certain standard that you aren't meeting. And so people generally are aware and maybe talking about it, but if behind the scenes that starts gossip and a lot mm -hmm. of things that brew that are not positive. Whereas if someone, and it doesn't always have to be the leader of the team, it could be a peer who cares enough to bring something to your attention. But if someone cares enough to have the conversation and confront you on it, positive things can come from that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think your whole point about this coming from a position of care is spot on. You know, it's like, if you really care about somebody, you're not going to let them be terrible because <laughs> you're just right. setting them up for pain, right? <laughs> Yeah. And it it doesn't serve anyone well. And it could be that the person may be in the wrong role in on, you know, the wrong team. There, any number of things could be happening. So as soon as we uncover that there's a challenge and have the conversation around that and then start to solution what's the best you're doing, what's best for the employee, best for the team and ultimately best for the bottom line of the company. Mm. Yeah, those, those things are almost always interrelated, right? Right. Well, one, one last question. You know, I know um, a, big, a big portion of your work is helping people really connect with authenticity and being more authentic. And I would imagine that probably one of the biggest struggles leaders have at all levels. I mean, I think even senior leaders still struggle with this is this whole imposter syndrome. You know, like feeling like someone doesn't, uh, that doesn't, des they don't deserve to be where they're at. Yeah. Um, how, you know, maybe we'll just, uh, this is kind of aside from the five big ideas. What's, what's your guidance on, you know, just kind of some quick tips for anyone who feels that way, how, and if, and if you, you know, if any of these five ideas are related with that, you can certainly weave them in, but just curious, what's your kind of quick elevator pitch guidance for how to help people not 
not get caught up in that. Yeah, I think the best way to not get caught up in that is a couple of things. The first is know that if you are in the room, you deserve to be in the room. If you're in the role, you deserve to be in the role. No one is in the business of promoting people or giving them jobs or opportunities that they haven't earned or that they don't deserve or that we don't think you can do well in. Mm. So if you're there, you deserve to be there. The other thing that you can do, um, and it's something that I do for myself, is periodically just keep a little journal note or whatever of your wins, your successes, small and great. So that in those moments when you feel a little insecure or you're wondering, am I adding any value or why am I here? You can go back and look at your own list of accomplishments and encourage yourself and remind mm. yourself why you are where you are. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for uh, for chatting with me here. Um, I, I really appreciate your time and enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Same here. I'm honored to be with you today. So for those of you who would like to learn more about Lisa, um, her website is Ascentum, A-S-C-E-N-T-I-M.com. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes at businessleadershiptoday.com. I encourage you to um, visit her site and check out some of the resources she has there to, to help you be your best. And uh, before we sign off, I would like to send a shout out to Caleb West, uh, who produces the podcast and does a great job. Thank you, Caleb. And until the next time I have an opportunity to uh, interact with you in some way through the podcast or some other way and hopefully be of help to you, I wish you great success building a world-class organization that makes a positive impact on the lives of your team members and on our global community. Bye for now. <laughs>